This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. Good morning. It's 9 a.m. Friday. My name is Mark Snyder, and this is Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. What is Chamber Chatter? Well, it's a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders, and it's been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. My business leaders with me this morning joining us via Zoom technology are from the Greater Sayville Chamber of Commerce, President Eileen Tisnar, representing the mighty Huntington Township Chamber of Commerce, Chairwoman Vita Scaturo, and from the Babylon Village Chamber of Commerce, President Kelly Peckholt. So Eileen, Vida, Kelly, thank you for taking time from your busy schedules and joining us this morning on Chamber Chatter. I think I called you Vida, it's Vida. I stand corrected, thank you. All right, so what I have assembled for our listeners today are two chambers representing incorporated villages and one that serves an entire township. So let's start with you, Vita. Uh, Your chamber is somewhat unique in that it represents all of the zip codes in the Huntington Township. Um, Talk to us for a second about the towns that make up your chamber and also the challenges that you face serving an entire township as opposed to, as in most instances, uh, a chamber that represents maybe just one or sometimes two business communities. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, thank you. So in the Huntington Township Chamber of Commerce, uh, you have multiple towns, like you said, including Huntington, Huntington Village, Northport, Centerport, Cospring Harbor, Melville. So even though like Melville, for example, has their own chamber, we still do things together. So because a lot of the business uh, we crawl, you know, we're across, you could have you could be a member of the Huntington Chamber of Commerce and also a member of Melville Chamber and Northport and vice versa. So and why do business do that? for network purposes, so they could expand their outreach. So for us, um, it's a great uh, resource, a great uh, network because we have diversified businesses. So what do we have? It's a mixture of large corporations, uh, Main Street merchants. So um, I think it's beneficial for all of our members that they're able to have access to all these resources then just be limited when you are in one small chamber. Okay, how many zip codes are there? I know you rattled them off quickly. How many does that amount to? So we have about probably five or six. Five or you know, six. You got one one seven four three, one one seven four six. You got Cold Spring Harbor, uh, Melville, so um, Huntington Village, um, Sanaport, Northport, and again, like I said, they do have their chambers, but uh, we have many times we have members joining both chambers. Okay. Eileen, uh, before we get to your chamber, I want to talk about you. Uh, Long Island and the rest of the world, we've been dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic for almost a year now. And up until this point, this program has been lucky uh, to avoid any coronavirus issues with our guests. But when you and I first spoke, you related to me your story about personally dealing with COVID-19. And would you mind sharing that story with my audience? Well, you know, despite the last 10 or 11 months of of being out in the town and trying to run safe events and deliver PPE to all my businesses on Main Street and downtown South Main Street, uh, unfortunately, I thought I was unscathed. I thought my safety and my protocols that I instill on our businesses that I had evaded getting COVID. And unfortunately, um, almost four weeks ago, I got hit pretty hard and I was hospitalized. I ended up getting what they call a BAM treatment. And I feel like that BAM treatment did save my life. It shortened my symptoms, they said, and and the severity of long-term hospitalization. So the out result, thank God, I have a little bit of damage to the lungs, unfortunately, some inflammation, but I was able to avoid a second hospitalization. It was a traumatic uh, experience, high fevers. It was just 
it, it came fast. It came furious. Um, people will tell you I'm not one that gets knocked down. I'm a cancer survivor. And this, this knocked me down. It knocked me down hard. And our businesses and my community have just been so incredible. Meals every night for my family, cards, letters, texts, posts, um, door dashes, Uber Eats from all the local restaurant owners. Um, this is my first back to work right now. This is what I'm doing and I'm excited. I miss the chamber. I miss my business and I'm, it was a recovery and it was a hard, hard, hard re recovery. It was a, it wasn't a quick five day thing by any means. And now I can really firsthand see the importance of the safety of, of all the regulations put in place. I believe you told me you're into your third week of recovery. Yeah, I just ended third week, third week. First week was a part hospitalization and two weeks flat. And then now some pulmonary rehab from some residual damage. Um, but I, I would say the fevers and in, in some of the aspects, the severe headaches and, and leg pain just had subsided about five days ago. So it took me a lot to get dressed and get ready, but I'm so happy <laughs> to really use my brain. Well, we're really happy to have you on the show. And that is the story that you told me. And I thought, you know what? Uh, I'd like you to share that with our listening audience. So oh, thank, thank you for you. that. Thank you. Now let's talk about something positive, the Greater Sayville Chamber of Commerce. I mean, what a community. Uh, I have family, three family members that live in Sayville. I know it well. Um, and based on what you've told me, you are about as involved in your community as a president could possibly be. Tell me about that. Well, you know, we live in a very small town, Sayville, West Sayville. Uh, we call it the Greater Sayville Chamber because we encompass locus, you know, local areas. So we also encompass Bohemia, some Bayport, some surrounding Blue Point, um, Holbrook. So we call ourselves the Greater Oakdale, Great River. Uh, we encompass, like Vito was saying, it's, it's, you know, it's a very good networking to try to encompass all your surrounding areas, Patchogue, and we all work together, the local chambers here, Holbrook, Bayport, Blue Point, myself, um, we all work together and a lot of our events even intertwine sometimes and it's a very small, nostalgic, Norman Rockwell type of town. So we always struggle with keeping the old fashioned, but also propelling us into more of the mainstream social media um, and cutting edge events to keep us, you know, up to date with everybody else on Long Island, but keep us with our nostalgic feel, our, our tour, tourism, tourism in the summer is very, very important as well, because that brings in a lot of people in the summer. So it's, it's, it's a town that everybody knows your name. It's a town that every business owner knows your children, looks out for your children. It's a beautiful, quaint little town. And, and we just, we love our town. We're very proud of it. Yeah, it's a beautiful town. Um, speaking of beautiful towns, I'm lucky to have two very, very charming villages uh, on this program. Kelly Peckholt, you're the president of Babylon Village Chamber of Commerce. And I have to tell you, living in Massapequa, when my three children were little, we used to go up, drive up to the Massapequa Park train station, get on the train and take it five stops to Babylon. And we'd get out. And my kids loved doing that. It was such an adventure for them. And we'd walk around town and shop and go have lunch and all that. And um, that's a number of years ago now, but great memories. Um, Kelly, I want you to talk for a second about your rise uh, through the ranks to, to ultimately becoming the president of the Chamber of Commerce. Um, how did that all come about for you? Sure. So I purchased Position Stand Studio almost nine years ago now. Um, it's been in the village for 50 years, but I'm the fourth owner in the line of su succession. And when I purchased the studio, the previous owner said to me, the first thing you need to do is reach out to the Chamber of Commerce. I'll get my membership transferred over to you and you need to make sure you go to meetings every week. They're on Tuesday nights and make sure you stay involved because for us as the dance studio, that was also a way for the kids to do little local performances and the street festivals and stuff like that. So it was a great way for us to keep 
our families involved in the community too. Nonetheless, um, after being pursued for a couple of years to join the chamber board, I finally did in 2018. And I said, you know what, let me take like a secretary position or something along those lines so I, I can get my feet wet and and see what everything is all about here. And um, within that year, the previous president had said, you know, I'm timed out. I'm looking to move on. I'd like to focus more on my family, et cetera. And she said, do you want to be the next president? So I don't think I said yes. And I don't think I said no either. And it just just kind of became a thing. Um, So 2019 in January, I was inducted as president and here we are going into my third year. So it's um, definitely been a journey as I'm sure you ladies feel the same way. (laughs) That's a great story and I'm sure it's not uh, uncommon, but uh, I like to hear about how people rise through the ranks and end up where they are. Um, Shifting gears for a second, Kelly, uh, how are the local businesses holding up uh, during this very challenging time for, um, for our communities? It's definitely, as you said, a a very challenging time as it is for small businesses everywhere. Um, There are some that are doing better than others. I I think this summer people saw better foot traffic and um, better sales and things along those lines. And I think post-holiday now, all of our owners, whether it's restaurant, retail, salons, are reporting that things are slow, that there's really no foot traffic going on. So we're trying to come up with a few like little small COVID safe pop-up and even virtual events just to engage the community too. Because I think we're seeing as that post-holiday uptick in cases came about, I mean, at least for me at the studio, we have more kids staying on Zoom for classes. Um, You know, not as many people are shopping, not as many people are comfortable dining out. So I think the next few months are really going to be crucial as far as people's survival. Fingers crossed. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, uh, Vita, uh, does the overall vibe from your many business communities, does it change from town to town? Uh, is every, or, you know, like, what are they telling you? Is there a consistency to what you're, the feedback you're getting or is every town unique and it's unto itself? So, well, um, they're unique uh, within themselves because of the type of business that they have in town. But um, those businesses that were willing to adapt to the changes have um, thrived, uh, but they still need more help moving forward. So we've been working with our merchants. One of the things that we did was uh, we created a tool for our members, um, some type of strategic planning that they could work and work with it and plan ahead. And so that helped them. What we also did for our merchant is, uh, and our members, was we've been doing uh, merchant spotlights. So for them, it's been free mark, uh, advertising and marketing, which has been uploaded into the website. So they didn't have to spend money on marketing. So we did about, I think we did about 22 members last year, you know, based on you know, the accessibility. So there's a lot of videos. So we're doing a lot of media to support the members. And um, during the holidays, I don't know if you're aware, we had the um, holiday spectacular, which that was incredible in Huntington. I don't know if you follow it. Uh, We closed. So this is, I'll tell you briefly, uh, we closed Wall Street. If you're familiar with Huntington, it was closed from um, right before Thanksgiving until the first week in January. And it was the task force uh, created that was created with the town and the supervisor, the stakeholders, uh, the bid, the chamber, uh, the other outlet. And looks great was the company who actually donated uh, the tree, the services, some of the business owners um, contribute to the expense and the bottom line. And it was like, you bought the holidays into the village. Um, people were like excited. The kids were able to do something. So people came out of the house, you know, this within distance, you know, you had the outdoor dining, um, which now it's approved until the end of this year. So we had been working with other um, community stakeholders to try to assist the merchant. They can't do it by themselves. It's impossible. You know, so I'm sure you, you know, I don't know, Eileen and Kelly, you have the same things where you are, but we have to be there to support them and for them to trust us. 
you know, it's unfortunately we still can do, you know, in-person networking because of all the restrictions that they're starting to change things a little bit. Like this morning I was listening, I mean, um, and what the governor is passing with 150 people in venues, but then, you know, there's guidelines you need to follow. So I think if everybody's uh, working together and conscientious of what's going on there, we could bring a lot of value to our members and keep their trust because they need us. You know, you can't leave them out there by themselves and you can just say to the people, you know, go on the website. You know, we put a lot of stuff on the website, but do people do that? I don't know. I think the outreach is more important, you know, and the networking, the virtual networking to try to assist uh, our members and non-members. I mean, we answer questions for people that are not even members of the chamber. You know, they call, you know, we refer them, you know, go to the website. You know, the town has been very active posting information. So it's a whole networking working together. Okay, thanks. Um, Eileen, how is Sayville holding up during the pandemic? So we're a little bit different. We're a hamlet within the Islip town. So as much as we would like to be able to close our streets down uh, or our main street, like we usually do a humongous event called Miracle on Main, which brings in 12,000 people or more. We usually do Summerfest, which is a three-day event, thousands of people, car shows, carnival. Our chamber really relies on that. So with the restrictions, with the, with unfortunately, we were not able to close the streets down due to the town of Islip guidelines. So what we decided to do was something called a mini miracle. So we decided to do virtual tree lighting, virtual Hanukkah lighting. We still provided our trolley. We followed the transportation guidelines for every other seat. Uh, so we ran our trolley that had advertised all of our different stores along the side of the North Pole trolley. We still had our famous gingerbread competition that brought people to town. We did a safe uh, visit with Santa Claus, which allowed us to do it with PPE, plexiglass. Santa was behind a filter, and a HEPA filter. We did it by appointment only. So our main goal is to stay present. So we're known for our events in our town, and that's what brings us people to come into our little main street. So we didn't want to do away with events. So we had to be really creative to keep people safe. But like I tell our businesses, we need to stay present. So we've taken the events that we've become known for, we've adopted them, we've scaled them down safely, but we're still keeping in that media presence. We're still keeping people driven. We did a Halloween event. Uh, where we did it outside and everybody had bowls of candy outside. And if you showed a receipt from somewhere you shop, you got free raffle tickets for huge baskets that were put together from our town merchants. It ended up that they did best on that day in Halloween than they've ever done in the past, even yeah. despite COVID. So it just, it's, it's, you have to do a lot of adaptation you have to keep your businesses alive. We're teaching them ways to be able to shut their front door, but still run their business that now that they're prepared, now we know what we faced. You have to be able to adjust your business plan. You have to know how to be able to sell online. You have to be able to expose yourself, curbside pickups. And I have to say, I'm extremely proud of our merchants and our business owners. They really adapted. They really, um, we use the Suffolk County Alliance of Chambers as one of our main uh, go-tos. And we say, what's going on with PPE? What's going on with this? What's going on with you know permits and gatherings? And I have to say these business owners, and like Vita said, we don't care if you're a member at this point or you're not a member. Although we rely on our membership dollars, right now we feel every small business is at risk. Every small business can become a, a potential member. So we treat everybody equally, especially during times like this. It's really key for us to stay present. That's all we keep telling everybody. We need to stay present. I like it. I like it. Um, we're going to come back after we take a quick break here. Uh, and when we do come back, we're going to play Genie in a Bottle. And that's where we're going to find out what your three wishes are for your chamber organization. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. We'll be right back. 
Okay, we're back. This is Mark Snyder. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders, and it's been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps, and by the MapTunes Shoppers Discount app. With over 2,500 discounts island-wide, you can download the MapTunes app. That's MapTunes, M-A-P-T-O-O-N-S, or you can simply visit shoppersdiscountcard.com. My business leaders with me today are Eileen Tisnar, president of the Greater Sayville Chamber of Commerce, uh, Vita Scaturo, chairwoman of the Huntington Township Chamber of Commerce, and Kelly Peckholt, president of the Babylon Village Chamber of Commerce. All right, let's play genie in a bottle. This is where we're going to find out what three wishes you have for your chamber. So Eileen, um, let's say you're at Sayville Marina Park, taking in the gorgeous views of the Great South Bay. You're overlooking Fire Island and you see a bottle floating in the water. You reach in, you pluck it out of the bay. And when you open the bottle, out pops a genie, granting you three wishes for the greater Sayville Chamber. What are they? Well, sustainability uh, for our businesses. So it, one of my biggest wishes for the, especially the upcoming year is once again, that we are all staying present. We increase our media presence. I, it's, it's my hope and wish that every brick and mortar business, as well as every service provider like myself, my own business is an advocacy firm that we have to be able to close our doors at the stop of a dime and continue business without a blink. So I think that one of my main goals for this upcoming year for our businesses is definitely without a doubt to have a media presence, a way to sell our goods and services, uh, even without, like I said, a, a brick and mortar business. Um, I really think that definitely, I, I wanna see that we all have a media presence across Long Island that people will know what Sayville businesses do. They'll know what our spotlight is. They'll know our events. They'll know our tourism. They'll know all our different tourist spots. Um, those are like just, just that's my first goal. <laughs> that's my first wish. Do you have any others? You're, you're, yeah. I'm giving you three. Oh, okay. Three. So my second is tourism. We want to make it, uh, this year we're doing spotlights on businesses, just like this chamber. And one of our main goals is we want to put together tourism packages for winter as well as summer months. We're looking into doing things with Fire Island Chamber across the way so that we can have interchangeable packages that if you're renting out there, you can spend the day and do day tripping by us. And if you're by us, you can go over there and day trip as well or long stay. So we're actually even looking at some stay um, things like B&B, Airbnb. We're looking at packages to have that with a restaurant with one of our, we have one of the only wineries, Laughlin Vineyards. So we want to do a winery package, tours. We're going to have only the second naval museum, uh, the Navy SEAL Museum of its kind in the United States. We want to be able to tout that as well. Um, all our, We have so much tourism uh, that we really want to put packages together and make us a really strong destination on Long Island to come and stay, not just for the day. We want you to stay a few days. Um, the third and last um, really big wish uh, definitely for us is the tourism, but also the exposure. So when you get off the plane at MacArthur Airport, I would love to see a chamber kiosk with all our chambers, with everything that we do. Um, just like, you know, on Long, Long Island Expressway, they have that interactive, you press, you know where you can go for a winery, you know where you can go for a museum, you know. I would love to spearhead with all our chambers on Long Island, Nassau and Suffolk, that Islip MacArthur Airport, as a chamber kiosk where we have everything for our businesses just at the touch of their hands when they get off. Um, so that is really key. And we're also going solar. So we want solar bikes, we want a charging station, and we want solar scooters that are all going to be charged by solar panel only. 
we want people to go along driving along Sunrise or on the expressway. They put it in. They see that they can charge their cars. They see that they can get off the train, hop on a scooter, hop on a bicycle, go down to the water. So our third is definitely we, we want to propel ourselves into the solar and more environmental and green towns as well. I think the genie's out of wishes. You took them all. <laughs> I got a lot of wishes. Lot that, of genie wishes. Better, that genie better have a big bag. <laughs> all right, Vita. So you're visiting the Heckscher Museum of Art. And what appears to be a beautiful lantern on a table actually turns out to be a magic lantern. And when you pick it up, a genie pops out to grant you three wishes for the Huntington Township Chamber of Commerce. What are they? Okay, so <clears throat> the most important thing that, you know, one of the best wishes that I would like to, um, you know, come soon, it's the in-person networking events. Because I think that will really uh, create the new um, <clears throat> way we do business, you know, re-imaging. I mean, we do a lot of social media, uh, but I think the in-person one, you know, we just can't wait to be out there and for people to see one another to really start rebuilding the business and to uh, continue the momentum with our members. Um, you know, business reimage themselves, they've done a lot of online, you know, like Eileen said, we have had that in Huntington. Um, Huntington is a town that continues to uh, change images, uh, reevaluate. We're having a hotel coming in, Hampton Inns where the old town hall used to be, which is on Main Street and Stewart Avenue. So like Eileen says, right down the block, you have the marina. A lot of boats come in into, you know, Hellside. Uh, we have the restaurants. So people come in, they go out to dinner, they sit on the boat and go home. What a better way to spend a weekend in Huntington. You could, mm -hmm. you know, book, you know, it's going to be a boutique hotel, um, a I've seen the plans, uh, George Tunas, they're all working on, they were looking to have a spring opening, but hopefully they'll you know, be able to open in the summer. So increasing tourism in Huntington, we have the Paramount, one of the largest venue in the world for concerts. And that's another thing, we need to have that venue open as soon as possible, you know, to have the concert for people to come to our town. That's a big revenue generating for our businesses. You know, people go to dinner, they go to the things. So again, what's a better way than do like a package of what Huntington is all about. Then we have the fall festival, which last year was the first time that was canceled because of uh, outdoor events. So my wish is to have the fall festival going on this week, this year and not to be canceled. And, you know, and then it's really, you know, um, for our business to, increase the revenue for people to shop locally. You could still shop locally online. Don't order to Amazon. You know, our business owners have websites. You know, we promote them. We have a very active social media. We have um, a website that we have over 30,000 viewers a month. So we track, you know, we analyze. Uh, we have, our Instagram has grown from 900 followers to 2,000 in one year. So all the members spotlight. So we really want to be advocate out there. And those are my wishes for, you know, business to come back, you know, to, uh, and for our community to try to get back to a normal life. I mean, and I love Huntington. You know, I've been here 36 years. I don't want to go anywhere. And one of your wishes is obviously to make Huntington a destination location. A destination location. Yeah. You also have the, uh, in the summer, there is also the harbor. We have the music fest. So you have events that just follow one another. You know, we do the soiree in the summer. We get about 300 to 400 people coming on the beach. We have a networking event. Then you have the, the music fest. Then you have the fall festival. So it's all, you know, community events, uh, a lot of families come. I mean, I work the fall festival. I've worked it, you know, heavy weekend for the past 15 years that I've been involved. Sometimes I ask people that buy the tickets, you know, where are you from? Oh, we're from the South Shore. You know, we get people from like Massapequa, you know, from Sayville, from all over, you know, they come up because, you know, the kids, it's a family day. Yep. You know, we have people that have had like a, their birthday party at the fall festival. Then, you know, they'll, they'll book 20 tickets ahead of time so the kids could ride the whole day and have fun. So those are the things that, you know, we wish that will be open soon. 
Okay, good ones. All right, so Kelly, I'll paint a picture for you. You're walking laps at Argyle Lake, beautiful lake. And as you pass the, uh, those beautiful waterfalls that face Montauk Highway, you see a magic lantern in the grass. And when you pick it up, a genie pops out, granting you three wishes for your chamber. What you got? My first is just more prosperity this year for our businesses. Of course, I don't think any of us will really truly recoup what we lost last year, but if we can move on and um, to use Eileen's word, have business be sustainable for this year and, and allow everyone to recover, that would be the most ideal situation, of course. None of us want to see any of our businesses close their doors and have empty storefronts. So uh, you know that would be worst case scenario, of course. So just allowing people to be able to move on from this. Um, the second is to take our existing events, which are always so fabulous and bring thousands of people into the downtown and just revamp them and make them COVID safe and make some adjustments and scale back where we need to. Um, as of this point that we're talking, our village has approved us for three out of the many events that we do, some of the things on the earlier half of the year and just kind of taking things in a day-by-day -day fashion. Um, so we're just hoping to be able to get as much safe foot traffic into our businesses, especially this spring and summer as possible. And then my third is, um, this is kind of a personal goal for myself and the chamber board. Um, when I took office in 2019, I wanted to see a way to better involve our professional offices. So the accountants, the lawyers, the doctors, um, our chamber for a long time has been very retail focused. And a few years ago, we had the restaurants form their own committee and association. So we work very well in conjunction with the restaurant association for like the summer block parties that we host and things like that. Um, but I would like to see more involvement from the professional offices. So we are looking to starting the end of March. So everyone can stay tuned for that. We'll get um, some virtual networking going on so people can come on, do like their one or two minute little elevator pitch about their business and hopefully gain some of those offices as members moving forward too. That's, that's a really great wish. Um, I know the Plainview Old Bethpage Chamber of Commerce uh, has um, a separate group within the chamber, like a spinoff of professionals that they do uh, their own events and their own meetings, um, but all as part of the greater Plainview Old Bethpage Chamber. So if you're ever looking for some ideas on that, I don't know who the chamber president is right at this moment, but you want to maybe reach out and get some ideas from them. That might be a good thing. Yeah, that's a great tip. Thank you. Um, shifting gears here, um, but not really shifting gears because everybody's basically waiting for us to get back to normal. It's like I hear it from all three of you. You just want to get back to where we were. Um, and as the COVID-19 vaccines continue to roll out in New York State, um, the governor just expanded the uh, eligibility list. Uh, for virus vaccinations, he's including restaurant workers now, taxi drivers, those with special needs and underlying conditions, all great. Eileen, I'd like to know from you, where do you see Sayville in six months time? That brings us to the start of the summer. What, what are you thinking? I, I think at that point, and, and it, it's my big hope that the ban on the restaurants, uh, you know, closing at 10. I know there has been a start with 91 restaurants upstate that have now won that lawsuit uh, that are able to now open past 10. So I see in the summer a lot of outdoor dining. I see a lot of um, some of the restaurants are reinventing uh, by even filing permits to be able to put glass fronts that can open up onto Main Street. So I see a lot of restaurants, a lot of businesses being able to expand now and increase safely, of course. Um, but I see in the summertime, a lot more people coming out, feeling safer to dine, safer to shop. Uh, restaurants staying open, like I said, past 10 o'clock is going to be key in my little town. I have to be honest, you know, it's key. The restaurants staying open, I mean, people shop, then get a bite to eat. 
or vice versa. They eat and then they walk around and they shop. So that I really see. I see us being able to have some events and like Kelly really pointed out, safe events, but maybe a little more scaled down than the events we've become known for, just like Vita. I mean, you know, our Summerfest is a three-day event. I don't know where amusement parks are going to be at this summer. So carnivals, we're not quite sure, but still doing the car show safely, still doing our fall fest, still doing our parades. Um, I really see, I have great, great hope. And I get a little emotional, but I have really great hope and great confidence that our chambers are all going to come through this and we are going to guide these business owners and professionals. And in, in the summer, I really feel that we're going to be really back on track. We're going to be almost, almost there. Oh, I feel, I feel that. Your lips to God's ears. All right, we're coming back with Ask a Leader. And that's where I'll stop asking the questions. I'm gonna let each one of our guests take the mic. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Okay, just like that, we're back. This is Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. I'm Mark Snyder. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders, and it's been underwritten by MapTunes Long Island Chamber Maps. Let me reintroduce my three guests with me today. I have Eileen Tisnar, president of the Greater Sayville Chamber of Commerce. I have Vita Scaturo. She's the chairwoman of the Huntington Township Chamber of Commerce. And I have Kelly Peckholt with me, president of the Babylon Village Chamber of Commerce. Okay, it's time to play Ask a Leader. And that's where I turn over the microphone and I let our guest ask the questions. So Eileen, let me start with you. Do you have a question for either of our guests uh, that are here with us today? Yes, so <laughs> actually this is both for Kelly and for Vita. I wanna ask, now you're both incorporated villages, correct? <laughs> okay, so that being said, I wanna know, it's, it's really extremely hard for us um, to like close down roads and get permits and such. Is it easier when, uh, it's the entity within itself with your chamber to be able to do so, to be able to make those decisions to close down streets for street festivals and such. It's one of my hardest, uh, one of my hardest uh, blocks, one of my hardest walls that I hit. I'll go into that for you. So <clears throat> in Huntington, uh, New York Avenue and Main Street are state roads, so we okay. cannot close them. Same here, okay. So we have an issue with that. Um, we were able to close Wall Street because it was between Main Street and Gerard Street, which that's a town road. Okay. But we close again within the guidelines uh, with the allowing space for the, God forbid, there was a fire for the fire trucks to go through. So, um, so we're dealing with the state. So for example, if uh, a business owner is located in a state road, um, they have to be in compliance with state regulations. So like, for example, right now with this, they're discussing and we brought it up with the supervisor to have to take parking spaces to use for outdoor dining. So push out, you know, to have additional seats off besides the um, sidewalk. So on the town road, it's easier because it's the town, you know, the board has to decide to allow that. You know, I mean, they already approved the outdoor dining until the end of the year. When you come with the state, that is, uh, they have to uh, submit plans, how much space they're going to take. So you know, but they they've been they've been working okay because we were they were able to do outdoor dining on the state road with no issues. You know, filing the proper permits with the state, that and all kinds of stuff. The town made it really easier. None of the businesses had to pay for the permits until the end of next year. So, you know, it's been a plus. I'm on that task force. So we've been very advocate for the businesses. So that's, you know, what you have when you are in a village, when you have crossroads, you know, down in, in Northport, um, you're more like in village. So that's more village regulations. Right. Um, so it really depends on what road you're on. So the side roads are fine. It's mainly for us was, again, New York Avenue and Main Street. 
Yeah, that seems to be my hardest is trying to, same thing, some of it's county, some of it's town. Our town of Islip Supervisor also have waived the fees for outside dining. We're hoping that continues. I just, for events, I find it so hard sometimes to navigate and we have to pay for the permits and we have to go through the police, the fire, the town. And it's sometimes if we don't start it months in advance, it's, it's very hard for our chamber. Do you have a state road where you're in? We have a state um, part of our businesses and then we have the town for our main street. So. And were you able to get those permits? With the state? Uh, at this time, no, we're not able to get because our main street happens to be the main thoroughfare. So like you were just stating for fire, for ambulance, for it's, we don't have too many side streets that we're able to do things, unfortunately. Yeah. Accessibility and yeah. emergency. You, yeah, yeah, because we ha- we do, uh, this year we didn't do it, but we have like uh, the um, holiday parade and we used to have issues closing Main Street and we couldn't close Wood Bay Road because of yeah. the fire access to get into the town because the, it's the problem is the access, accessibility, accessibility when you yeah. are close to the water like you are down there and we're up here. And yeah. And probably the same thing. Yeah, same experience, Eileen, that we can't close Main Street because of the state road issue and really to get the ambulances and fire trucks through, but we can close Deer Park Avenue that runs perpendicular. And that generally isn't an issue. There's maybe been like a couple of times that the village hasn't been completely amenable to doing it, but um, for any of our major events, we usually close from Main Street to Park Avenue. So the whole business district thoroughfare. So I like the idea that you both gave of of working, I think maybe a task force that I can kind of maybe if you both think that would be pretty good for me to combine, maybe doing a task force with a representative from the state as well as from the county as well as from the town. Maybe we can kind of work that out as we're starting to open up because we really need now to make some back revenue. We'll never get back right away what we've lost, but we want to get as close as possible. So thank you. Yeah, Eileen, what we did, and I've, and if you want, you could call me, you know, and we'll go over with you. The task force that we have in the town of Huntington was initiated by the town supervisor. And okay. then each council person appointed uh, one of the representatives, but then you have the stockholders like the chamber, the bid. So we all work together. So when we have a meeting, you have somebody from the town, somebody from um, you know the fire department so that we don't have to work to wait for saying for example you know we need an answer from the attorney's office they are on the they are on the, on the conference call so they're able to answer the questions and then you know we ask questions about you know what is the process how long does it take do we need it you know do it has to be uh, presented again to the town board do we need it to get it approved so it's kind of we have weekly conference calls and some people were thinking, okay, now the holidays are over, we are no longer going to need this. Yes, we do, because we need to continue to have the task force, because now it's 2021. And, you know, you want to carry over implement what you started the yeah. previous year, and how you're going to support that, you know, it wasn't just a task force for the holidays, yeah. you know, or for the business. Also, this has got to be an ongoing thing with the, um, you know, people that care, they're concerned, they're involved, and really have built great relationship with the town. You know, the <laughs> town board has been phenomenal here. Okay. You know, the supervisor has worked with us, you know, yeah. the bid, everybody, you know. We wish for a lot of things that sometimes they're a little bit out of reality, but, you know, if you ask for five things, then you get two. It's two more things that you didn't have before. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and then, you know, we all call and send text messages. Did you, you know, it's like, you know, but, you know, everybody wants the best, you know, yeah. for what's going on in our town. So, you know, but that's the way, you know, there was a town resolution. So it's, it's really, you know, everybody's aware of what's going on. Thank you. Kelly, uh, you've got that beautiful uh, area, vast area by the train station, um, which is off of Deer Park Avenue. Are you able to utilize on the weekends uh, that area for events for the chamber? Um, Typically, we don't, honestly. Um, That's actually (laughs) something that we should consider in the future. But our Beautification Society has done a really great job in the past couple of years beautifying that area and planting more trees. And um, there was an area like a a grass patch right by the train station that they recently did these beautiful fences, a brand new sign that says, welcome to the village of Babylon, um, some trees in there. 
um, some more of our iconic like Norman Rockwell style lampposts. So that added to what we're what we do decorating at Christmas time. Um, but yeah, maybe that's uh, something we can explore in the future. While I have you here, what about you? You have a question for either or both of our guests? Um, yes, actually because we're a very small but mighty chamber. We have um, just a board of five people. Actually this year, we finally got a bylaw amendment to have a sixth board member <laughs> on our executive board, which is huge because the events VP does so much um, and that's such a, a huge amount of work. So now we're able to split that up a little bit, which is great. But my question is you guys have really large chambers and you have this executive board as well as board of directors. So I'm just curious, like what exactly do your board of directors do? Like how do you divvy up responsibilities? Um, Vita, you want me to go? Okay. So what we have is we have a board of 23 and we have committees. Uh, so we have a beautification committee that handles, like you were saying, the signs and the welcome signs and the coming in to the town, uh, beautifying with the flower baskets, the flags. Then we have a committee specifically for merchant committee. And that's usually a business owner right on Main Street who's on our board who helps represent everything going on with Main Street, whether it be issues, whether it be improvement, whether it be traffic calmings. We have a downtown revitalization person. So what we try to do with our board is we break, you know, we find that they can represent one group or one committee and gather people on, volunteers, members. Uh, this year we had close to almost 400 members. We had like 360 some odd members. So we like to try to pull them in so that they're not just paying dues, but they're active. So then we have one of even my own vice president, uh, Ron Trotta, he's great. He's a membership chair. So everybody kind of has to be, uh, their feet are held to the ground to kind of chip in for something. Uh, we have an event coordinator. So we try to use our board members to really be active. Uh, I took upon everybody's suggestion to get a restaurant committee together and hearing you both, this seems to be something that's really key. I found out from David Kennedy, Patrick has a restaurant committee. So guess what's on my number one list is a restaurant committee. So I think their needs are extremely pinpointed and very specific. So we're going to now have one of our board members who is a restaurant member. He will be our restaurant committee person. So we try to have, we almost consider them like committee people, um, and, you know, so you have your officers, your five officers, your, you know, your president, your vice president, your vice president too, your secretary, your immediate president, uh, past president, and your president. However, our, our board, we all really interact. Um, we meet once monthly. We've been doing it virtually, but we also, when it was outside dining, we were meeting outside and, and we pick a different restaurant each time. Well, we do it at the firehouse, the vet's hall, so that if people can't afford to always go to a restaurant, we want our members to always be able to come. Now we're doing, we call it inside out. So what we did in the spring was we have, we, we streamline our meetings live outside because we had to cap them at 50. So for the people who couldn't come, they can still partake by watching it live. So once we hit that threshold, but we're now that that will be hopefully raised. So we try to, our board is, is large, you know, 23 is large, uh, but, and then we have a bylaws committee. So it's mostly committees. We, we try to grab them all in uh, by their, by their niche and make committees out of our board. Vita, how many on your board? We have about 24 on the board. Uh, then we have, a, by the way, those are big boards. Yes. I work with a lot of chambers. Yes. Those are big boards. We have very large board. boards with you lots know, of figures. <laughs> usually they, you know, uh, I've gone a couple of uh, seminars in the past year and, you know, leadership uh, meetings, and they always said to keep your board between 18 to 24 people, not yeah. to exceed it, because then it's unmanageable. And then we have the executive board, which is the uh, chairwoman, two past vice chairs, uh, we have secretary, treasurer, and I have a council, one of the attorneys counsel to the executive board. You know, we have the bylaws. Then we have committees. Uh, the board members, they all participate. Uh, we all have commitments, you know, besides volunteering, you know, financial commitments to the chamber to support it. 
if you go on our website, we have membership committee. Now they just formed a arts and leisure committee, which we never had that, which we're going to be working with the Huntington Arts Council because there's a lot of artists in Huntington. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, there's galleries and people are reaching out to us. So we have to make uh, uh, the people that are chairing that, um, uh, Maria and uh, the executive director of the Huntington Arts Council, I mean, Diane, they going to co-chair that. So one of them is on the board. So like Aline said, our board of directors are involved with the committees. We have uh, the membership committee and the chair is on the board so that we know what's going on with those committees. So the committees do the work. And then we have the executive director and then we have two staff members. In addition to that, they are the liaisons between the committee and the board. So a lot of the work is done by the committees and of course, and by the board members. Um, So, and working together, but um, you know, you gotta manage the expectation not only of the members, but also the board members, because you know, everybody comes up with great ideas, but then we have to be able to, you know, implement them and make them, you know, a reality. So it's, it's running a business. I look at it as running a business, a balance sheet and a PL. That's what you have there. Yep. So, right. you know, you have to make sure you're delivering the right message. You've got to make sure people understand, you know, you are the advocate for businesses and, uh, you know, you have to make sure you're giving the right image of the chamber because, you know, when you people see you, Ovida, oh yeah, she's the president of the Huntington Chamber of Commerce. So then they connect. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Hmm. Special, special right. thanks right. to my three guests today. Eileen Tisnar, president of the Greater Sayville Chamber of Commerce, Vita Scaturo, chairwoman of the Huntington Township Chamber of Commerce, and Kelly Peckholtz, who is heading off to work now. She's the president of the Babylon Village Chamber of Commerce. You've been listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. It's been underwritten by Maptoons, Long Island Chamber Maps. And you should also know that Chamber Chatter is also available as a podcast You can visit wcwp.org forward slash chamber chatter. And also, if you go to YouTube, search WCWP Studios, and you can watch this program. Special thanks to my good friend, station manager and engineer throughout this COVID-19 pandemic. His name is Dan Cox. My name is Mark Snyder. Up next, it's Project Independence and You. Have a nice weekend, everyone. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit wcwp.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.